I don't know if you guys have ever thought about this, um, but all right. So I'll admit I played the wrestling video game a good bit. Okay, like which uh, one? Which uh, one? Well, the de- the new ones that come out. Okay. One of the great features they put in there is not only being able to customize your intro down to that second when your pyro comes off. Like you can go by second to what happens in your intro. They also allow you to do custom theme songs. So I will always attest that Hold Me, Thrill Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me by U2 is a, should have been used for like your pretty boy like face or heel, <laughs> I mean. Like the guy like the like woo 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 and it's like da 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 like that's like the walkout part and the whole like you're a star I think get to the ring and then preen with like the gold like like gold sparkles coming down maybe it's about time for that I mean CM Punk uses what cult of personality by living colors so so now um I bet somebody could now use that song whoa 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 here's here's why you couldn't they probably bought cult of personality for like three hundred bucks. Yeah, you two might actually want a little bit more than that. You two wants a little bit more. Also, that was used for the Batman Forever soundtrack. It's the theme song. Which comes up all the time on this show. Forever a lot. I don't know if anyone else had what their custom theme song would be. I know Drew does. I I had my own created wrestler on WWE uh, 13, and I used a hot water music song. I used Kill the Night. (laughs) Yeah, because of course I would. I mean, it's like (laughs) it was um, awesome. It started like a like a fucking E minor and just yeah. You come out and it's like I had a heel character. I was always a fan, man. This could, wrestling video games could be a whole other thing because oh, yeah, I was always uh, I was always a fan one. of the WCW, uh, the WCW NWO World Revenge. Tour Revenge. Yeah, On World Tour was the first one. Yeah. And it sucked. But no, I, I used to love World Tour, man. And it was like, all right. Revenge was way better, but like that World was the one that uh, turned me on to it. That was the first one that was like World that style. Tour is a uh, port of a Japanese wrestling yeah, game. Exactly. It's like exact. Down. There's even like a, a Andre the Giant. Like yeah. cursing in it because it was a great port. But um, it, it was a port, but it was the that was the first one that used wrestlers that you knew with the mechanics that they would later use in all those THQ games, and they were that was fucking mind blowing to me. I loved it. So yeah, World Tour was probably all right. With that, I guess we'll just jump right into the number two. <laughs> Mine is someone who's already been mentioned many many times. Uh, that is the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo, woo, <laughs> uh, woo. the dirtiest player in the game. <laughs> of course, uh, n- something that hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, he was a great guy that um, he 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 would come in and he would face the hometown hero, and he would not only beat them but just fucking humiliate them. Like in like he would he would do like a one hour draw match or like he would just cheat yeah. his ass off. Anything to make it look like the guy he was facing deserved it, deserved the belt. Oh, yeah. But ultimately. Flair would always walk that, away. That was almost like the, in the contract of the NWA of the NWA title holder. Yeah, you had basically your job was to go to every territory and do that shit. So he was obligated to, and that's why it's almost better to have a heel in that scenario, just so you can you build up the local guy and make, make you, it look like he can beat you. Yeah, and then uh, but you Flair, still retain the belt. Flair you know? always cheated. It just was also win. a different era of, you know, now 
the blow-off match comes pretty quickly. They've gotten better at it, but especially during the Attitude Era, a feud would last about three weeks. Yeah. And then they would blow it off and it'd be on to the next thing. Back in the 70s and 80s, you would have feuds last for a year yeah. of when that guy would come back around and you would have him beat him enough that it came to the big the big event and finally your face would go over on him and it was this huge pop. Like everyone had been waiting a year to see this guy get his comeuppance in yeah. St. Louis or in Dallas or wherever the hell he was at at that time. Or at the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> the Omni in Atlanta. I swear to God, man, I, feel, I think Flair and Dusty feuded for fucking ever, it seemed like. It's about a 15-year feud. Yeah. <laughs> and never and came, Dusty it, always got hosed. Yeah, it always went to a draw. <laughs> no one has ever won. I think it's it's one nothing and 175 draws. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, I already mentioned it before, but for me, uh, to, to make a great heel, you gotta you got to cut the best promo. Oh, God. And, yes. and Ric Flair is up there with one of the best promo guys ever and just antagonizing yeah. the guy interviewing him yeah, and just being like I'm better than you. Uh, that's why this this uh, this coat, this sport coat costs a thousand dollars. Yours costs two hundred. I don't know what yours costs but it, I would n- I would not even bathe with it or, or, yeah. or, or wash my ass with it. I got some alligator shoes that cost more than your house. Yeah. <laughs> that or the old uh, you gotta beat the man to be the to man. To be the man. That's the fucking You great gotta beat, beat the, the man. man. <laughs> <laughs> and it, he's he revolutionized the way the promo was cut. Oh god! If you yes. look at after Flair starts talking, and once you get into like syndicated television, like and syndicated television going beyond just showing a couple of matches that had wrestled a little while ago, but when it became weekly shows and territories, he dominates, and you can start to see how everyone's kind of emulating him. There's a bit of Flair in P.S. Hayes. There's a bit of Flair in Tully Blanchard. There's all of these great people, and even in your faces, there's a little bit of flair in uh, uh, T.A. Magnum. There's a little bit of flair in Sting. Like it, it permeates because he was so damn good, and his ability to just go riff off the top of his head. I mean, that's something we don't really realize with wrestlers in general. They're basically the greatest improvers there are. Oh yeah. As much as you'll sit there and say somebody at UCB or at Second City or the Groundlings are amazing improvers and they are, a really good wrestler, a really good talker, they're going out there and doing 15 minutes with a couple of lines. They have some talking points they want to get to, but (laughs) I've got to go out there on a mic for 15 minutes and either sell you or make you hate me. Like, what can I come up with off the top of my head to keep going and to be like Flair, where you're constantly bringing up something new. It isn't, it's rehashing the same material, but it's not the same words. You're not just going up there and repeating a script. It's fucking amazing. I don't think, I don't think I could go out and do 15 minutes and not have a lull at some point where I'm being like, oh shit, what else? We've I mean, seen that, yeah. And yeah. I'm, a, I'm a two time, two time, two time, two time state champion in uh, high school theater in improv, <laughs> two time champion, and I ain't even that good. I ain't the 16-time I mean, world champion. He's up there with The Rock as just being one of the best on the mic. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah he's he's equal. I think he's equal to none. I mean, yeah. I don't know of anyone. There's been some great ones. It's a matter of what you're looking for a promo. CM Punk is fucking amazing on a microphone, but he's doing something completely different. The Rock was great on a microphone, but he also benefited from when you could sit there and openly call people some bitches yeah. and shove my foot up your ass and 
say poontang pie a whole bunch. Like, <laughs> Flair had to do it It doesn't clean. matter what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Flair had to do it clean, and it wasn't sitting in a ring and cutting a promo. It was standing in front of it was a in camera. A studio. Yeah. And just going. It was in a studio in downtown Atlanta with Tony Schiavone going, All right, we got the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Yo. Rick, you had a tough one against Sting. What do you believe about it? Woo! And then you're like, here we go. Let me tell you something, Jay. Like, oh boy. Everybody, everybody want to get on the nature boy. Everybody want a piece of them. And you can all get it. Every one of you. (laughs) He's so brilliant. He's a brilliant man. All right. Well, Daniel, what's your number two? Number two right now is going in a debate of about five people. Because honestly. It's got to be one. Yeah. The topic of heels. (laughs) There are so many great ones. Um, The one that I ended up choosing. This is a bit off board. But I think he, he was my favorite wrestler when I started watching wrestling is Mr. Perfect. Ooh. It's off board. I don't think he'll end up making it, but don't speak so soon because he's also my number two. Yeah. Oh. So, <laughs> uh his the sheer ability to we were talking about pissing people off. The idea that I'm perfect. I can do everything perfectly. Uh, the vignettes they did where it would be him like playing golf and he would hit the shot and immediately hit yeah. in there. The basketball where he like throws it behind his head from half court and would make it. Or walking or walking <laughs> off of a bowling alley like I'm perfect. And then he goes to the scoreboard 300 of course. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his like roll the ball and walk off and I'm looking at it and immediately hit a strike. There's a um, I've got the Mr. Perfect like WWE like mock you documentary call it what it is because they don't talk about the fact that he died of a cocaine overdose yeah. in a hotel Pretty room sad. yeah um young too he was like what 40 something yeah he was in his 40 like he wasn't very old he's also one of the smartest wrestlers he was the first one of athletes uh in any group to start taking out um insurance policies with um was it lords of london yeah on pe- parts of your body lords of london lords of his london back. yeah Right? Yeah, he put one on his back when he hurt his back. Well, like, he, he was out for like back two repeatedly. Yeah. He was he was out for like two <clears throat> years and did commentary as like the heel commentator. He went out as like a manager. He was getting so much money off yeah. that insurance policy, and so he yeah, that. there there's so much. T- Mr. Perfect was great because he uh, he was um, me and Drew were talking about this a little while ago, but like, he was a mid card guy for the most part. But he he really did sort of legitimize the Intercontinental Belt for oh, yeah. WWE. He basically made that, and and not only that, he also broke. Um, or he he basically uh, got over. Ultimate Warrior for his championship run. He got over Shawn Michaels for his championship run. He got over Bret Hart for his championship run. Yeah. The guy made, he made these guys the the lead the the stepping stone to greatness was Mister Perfect. He was the and here's why too. All the guys I mentioned, I mean, not the Ultimate Warrior was good or anything, but Michaels and Bret were were good wrestlers. And the perfect guy to wrestle them like physically in the ring was was Kurt Henning. He yeah, was to he make was, them demonstrate how great they were. Yeah, because he was a really great tactician on the ring and just had no matter how much you hated the guy, like you knew if you saw Mr. Perfect match, it was going to be a technical match. It was yeah. going to be a good match. He was going to put it it was no cheap bullshit. I mean, there was always like some manager bullshit, but like for the most part, you were going to get a solid match out of the guy. We didn't even bring him up in his WCW run, which he did solely as a heel the entire time. He was an NWO guy, but let's be honest, 
everybody eventually was an NWO guy because you all had creative control over your character. And why do I want to keep getting my ass kicked by the NWO? I'll just join them. I want one of those fucking bats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but his later one, when that was it, the it's the West, West Texas, Texas Rednecks, Rednecks yeah. versus the No Limit Soldiers. This is so good. Such and a good story. They really they had this song called Rap. Uh, was it uh, Rap, Rap is, is crap. crap? Rap is crap. <laughs> And it's them up there in cowboy hats and gloves singing song like, oh, rap is crap. Just a garbage-ass song. I mean, just... Uh, and it finally happened. We knew someone would hit the mic stand, and there we go. it's Drew <laughs> um, every time. Yeah, it should be your new signature move. Back to Kurt Henning and the West Texas Rednecks and rap is crap. Um, yeah, that song is so bad. I, I think they made that it's thing... It's so bad, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> I think they, it they made it over. thinking that, like, all right, so... These guys, everybody loves like Master P and No Limit. Like that was, they were pretty big at the time and mm-hmm. stuff. I, mean, I guess they were probably on their way down. If that they was what, like nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, oh, but no, I mean, they were still. But they were like, like, okay, so our fans like hip hop and stuff, I guess, and so we'll introduce this horrible rednecks. We'll call them rednecks. Surely the people will go against them, and we'll give them this horrible <laughs> song that has horrible production value, and then we'll have Master P and like they'll everybody. No, did not go that way one bit. Apparently, they forgot they're based out of the south. And <laughs> like he's right. Rap is crap. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, the creative at WCW when that started like going down, they're like, oh shit. Yeah, we. They ended up just like just not ever doing it. Which WCW was bad. It's that Good we job, talk about. We talk about now of how WCW are kind of star fuckers, like constantly of bringing back their old guys or guys that have movies coming out. WCW let David Arquette win the fucking heavyweight yeah. belt. They had Which a match. They had over. a match between um, Carl Malone. Car- no, the Carl Malone with DDP, DDP versus Dennis Rodman and Hulk Hogan. Yep. The yeah. one that is the most. Like horrible is it Spring Stampede, which was done in Sturgis during the bike rally. Yeah, Jay Leno and uh, DDP versus um, Eric Bischoff and Hogan, <laughs> and it's literally the worst moment. As you see Hogan and Jay Leno get in the ring together, Ugh. and they go like Ho- or Jay Leno goes back to throw this horrible like limp wrist punch, and they stop to let everyone take photos of it. Like in midway, he kind of stops and then hits them so they could have like the photo op. It is <laughs> awful. Like they were bad about it. So bringing in No Limit Soldier at the peak of what No Limit Soldier was ever going to be, it seemed like, all right, we're just going to star fuck one more time. We'll keep star fucking as much as we can. And it, the only other than Arquette backfired on them so hard because, yeah, West Texas Rednecks in the South. This was like how they ever thought this wasn't going to work the yeah. way it is. I don't think they overlooked their target demographics. I don't think people that were really into Master P No Limit Soldier <laughs> were really into <laughs> WCW wrestling. Like they really didn't know their uh, target there's demographics. There's a bit of a Venn diagram that, that crosses over there. It, look, um, it's, no, I feel like there's a reason why that company doesn't exist anymore. Oh, yeah. And these are the reasons why that company doesn't exist. No, I totally exist agree. Anymore. I mean, the, the ready to rumble movie tie in with RK. Here's what pissed a lot of wrestlers off about that was that um, this is the same belt. I mean, the WCW basically was the carryover from NWA. Yeah. This is the same belt that legends, fucking legends who bled and like you know gave everything on the mat. That the same belt that they hit, they gave that to David Arquette for. That, a yeah, that's gimmick. the belt. That's the same belt like Luthez held. <laughs> 
and Harley uh, Race. Yeah, Harley Race. Fern Gagne. Yeah, Rick Flair. Flair. Uh, <laughs> the list of people that held that belt is a who's who of legendary wrestlers. And, and you put it on fucking David Arquette! <laughs> it's written in, like, anytime you do a sporkle quiz of who held that belt, you always have to be like, Arquette. <laughs> Boom! That one's in there. Like yeah. it always shows um, up. All right, no, do you like guys we're getting away from? Yeah. To, to bring it back to Mr. Perfect, you yeah. guys any anything else about it, Mr. Perfect? The Perfect Plex is one of the greatest yep. moves. The fisherman suplex, the way he sold it, the way he could work a ring, his ability to um, when the match got really good, whip. Uh, he always wore like a not really a More singlet, unitard. Yeah, unitard. He would pull those two straps oh, that down, show that yeah. core. He had always had that little bit of a blonde chest hair. <laughs> um, and why he was a great heel is that he was he was really great on the mic. He did a character that was easy to fucking hate, and backed it up in the ring. Yeah, and and he could he could make anyone look good. And when he walked he's the up same the thing ring with too. He was fucking that music was great. We should play Mr. Perfect music for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I mean it's. <laughs> Oh, we already played it. Oh, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> of course we did. I just wish that his son could get over. Like I know it's not yeah. gonna happen, but I want it'll it'll exactly never happen for him. But it, it'll it never it, happen. It's, but I want um, him to get over. It, he as we were saying with Flair, he could make anyone look good. We it, maybe that's the one of the true like standards of a heel is that if you if we got in the ring with them. They would make us look amazing. Yeah. Like you would buy us as a great wrestler if we were supposed to be put his, over. As his, a great feud, his feuds are with some of the best. His like you know he, the stuff he did with like Heenan was fucking awesome. His managers and stuff and um, I, I don't know he like uh, he did a lot of stuff with Savage too that was um like some of Savage's best matches I think were with Mister Perfect and of his one of the greater ideas that WWF ever had was in the mid two thousands. Get that out of me. Okay. There it is. He was dead in 2003, so what are you talking well, about? Well, yeah, no, in like the early 2000s, when they brought him back for the Royal Rumble, because the Royal Rumble will always have a couple of old guys show up. They let Perfect last to the, he was the third last to go out. Like, they let him stay in there. He did like 25 minutes in the ring wrestling, and everybody was pulling for Perfect. Like, the crowd, when he drops out of it, Every there's this audible like oh like everybody want every time perfect would almost get to the ring the crowd would start like getting up for it yeah it's the one time that he was he went really face but at his age he was still able to work and he still had all of his his shit unfortunately he's a part of the the infamous flight that got a lot of people kicked off when Ric Flair's running around with his dick out uh, like yelling at stewardess to fuck him. They're doing cocaine on the flight. Uh, <laughs> him and Scott Hall are ridiculously shit faced. Like they, they were ruined they were tag a, team partners back in the day. Yeah, they ruined a fucking flight to the point that all of them ended up almost getting either fired yes. or cut. It's the reason why Scott Hall and Kurt Henning got kicked out of the company. Yeah. Ric Flair, they he had ties in with the family. They weren't going to get rid of him. Um, but then during that, he goes to a hotel room in Tampa, Florida, and he ODs on yeah. cocaine, which is the most wrestling way to die. It's yeah. fucking wrestling's it's epitome of death. Um, that just bummed me to fuck Yeah, out. one more thing about <laughs> one more thing about Kurt Henning, um, Mr. Perfect. Uh, yeah, he got over like some some bigger name. Like, I keep going back to this, but like he was the if you were looking to get a guy over, he was the guy you went to. Like 
Lex Luger, when he first came in as the narcissist, he had matches with Mr. Perfect. It was um, a uh, WrestleMania match with him. Yeah, um, and he also had, uh, he was one of the first guys that had a feud with uh, Steve Austin when he came to WWE. He just was the guy. And one guy I looked up uh, that popped up in the when I was looking at his title matches and stuff, Mark Marrow, the <laughs> wild man. I totally fucking forgot about Mark Marrow. I think I actually liked Mark Marrow because he was... Sadly, his valet Sable became more of a fucking pull well, than Mark Marrow. They killed, but Mark that fucking Marrow. stash was beautiful. He had the oh, most yeah. beautiful Sable guy Mark Marrow. <laughs> well, uh, the issue with with Mark Marrow was when they brought Mark Marrow in, they thought they were buying the Johnny B. Bad character, but they couldn't because WCW had it. That character was great. He was awful at wrestling. Like, he oh. just wasn't good. He was just kind of a good mic man. And they, they completely killed him because they let Sable powerbomb him. And Cornette talked about it in one of his like um, like rants on wrestling of like that guy can never wrestle again. Like the second that Sable like powerbombs him, he'll <laughs> never get over it being a macho guy. Like you've emasculated him with yeah. a little valet. It's over. Like oh his cr- and he never comes back from yeah, it. Yeah, that was I, I remember he was like a flash in the pan intercontinental champ and stuff like that and fought Mr. Perfect and a few other people, but just never took. I, I don't know. I kind of well, like Mark Mirror. Like I said, that stash was fucking beautiful. All he right, was, he was your We're, number two, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so we can yeah. move to the next. Drew, one. Drew, what's your number two? Number two is uh, Hollywood Hogan. Oh, yeah. good choice. It's one of the great heel moments. Oh uh, yeah, that I, I would say the best heel moment of all time. Yeah, that's oh yeah. That's as far as a turn that shocked everybody. That's exactly. Uh, that's exactly the reason why I made him my number two is that episode of fucking Monday Nitro. That's burned into my brain. He, you know, he's walking down to the ring going, "Oh, you know, the outsiders." They're, that's they're not it. That's not at Nitro. That's at um, that's uh, not. Oh God, Bash at the Beach. Yeah, Bash, oh, yeah. In mm-hmm. Daytona, Florida. Okay, I saw that. I'm, I was watching that pay per view, man. I was watching it live. But yeah, he's, the he's, fuck wa- out. <laughs> he's walking down to the ring. Rips off like, his shirt. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he's got the fu- at that point he's wearing the weight belt for some reason, and he's still wearing the orange and or the. Kevin Nash and, and uh, Kevin Nash and Scott, Scott Hall, Hall run <laughs> off and get off the uh, the ring, and it's a uh, Savage laying there in yeah. the middle of it, and it just Savage Hogan, is always there, man. And then Hogan turns, and he just steps up for fucking Hall and Nash, and the whole crowd just starts throwing shit. In the Dude, when he ring. puts that leg drop on Savage, yeah, my I was about like thirteen or fourteen maybe, mm-hmm. and it, my jaw dropped. I yeah. had no, <laughs> they got me, dude. They fucking hooked me. So goddamn hard. And if you go back and watch it now, look at Hogan's face exactly. walking down that ramp. Because the to first say that. time he ever turned heel, like as a yeah. major wrestler, and he's like everything's he about to go. Everything, years, a decades worth of building this shit up, and pants it's like shitting, I'm about to. You can tell it's like pants shitting tear, and he's like, <laughs> oh god, oh god. You can also tell it is anytime he had ever run in, he's always doing the finger point. I'm and on like, you, I'm man. Dead. Yeah, like he's selling it, and yeah, he has that moment of. He's walking down with a straight face and walking fast. Yeah. yeah. There's no like, oh, I'm going to get you. He's not selling anything. Oh, yeah. No, that's, that's a great a, One moment. of the best hill It turns. became one of the better parts of WCW was anytime anybody won except for the face, they just trashed the ring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shitty fucking fans. They're just like, fuck it. Throw everything in that ring. Yeah, I've never seen that before. I mean, I guess That's maybe what should have happened at the Rumble. Let's Tony, Sh- Tony Schiavone's greatest call, too. Tony Schiavone is amazing at calling that part happening. Him oh. and Heenan. This is one of the real yeah, moments where true Heenan shock, yeah. is like, like fighting it. And that became the weird 
Heenan and them, but uh, fuck, we can talk for hours about how the NWO was great and awful. But and yeah, they ruined the company. We were, yeah, I mean, they, they, they saved that company and also destroyed it within the span of, what, about three years, maybe? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're, they're a great heel group. Uh, and uh, if you're going to pick one of them, one out of like Scott Hall or uh, Kevin, Nash. Nash. Kevin Nash, sorry, sorry, I just blanked, or, or Hogan. It's got to be Hogan, just for yeah, that I mean, one moment. Well, what what made God? We about we could get into a really long NWA yeah. talk, but I mean, <laughs> w- what made that so interesting Four is this was the this was episode. the this was the time of, of you know it was you didn't I mean it was they they blur the fucking line of reality so much it was like oh, all right dude so wait a minute that's Scott Hall but he's not in like a outfit he's not he's like he's just in the audience in the fucking t shirt and jeans and he's looking like he's what the fuck is he doing there. And and like that whole like we're taking over where the NWO it's like whoa this, this is like aggressive you know marketing by WWE it just everything about it was fucking genius yeah. and then and then they Bischoff if he ever did one fucking thing right it was having Hogan turn heel oh yeah he was like what he was the third member right I mean, yeah he, he was he third was, member so that was to get him in early and make him the figurehead of it was fucking brilliant because we had a whole generation of fans that never seen him have never seen Hogan like that and oh and let's. You know, maybe that's what we should start doing. I mean, we're doing these long podcasts. We should just start doing Mount Rushmore the after show. <laughs> <laughs> Four hour of us getting back into like all these like long lengthy points. It's like, are you really a fan? Do you want to listen to four hours of us just <laughs> talking about what we do? We talk about what we just talked about. Yeah, <laughs> it's but like longer. It's Seinfeld. <laughs> like it's a <laughs> show about what we just showed you. Yeah. Well, all right. Uh, I'm just, I'm gonna go ahead and recap our number two while you all look right. up the internet list. Yeah, I've got. You got um, I'll go ahead with um, well, David's first. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Number go ahead. two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I had Ric Flair already been mentioned. Daniel and TJ both had Mr. Perfect. Drew had Hollywood Hogan. Um, let's see here. Can I read Seth's troll list? <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear it. Well, I'll wait for you to do this. Yeah, um, Seth is Daniel's roommate. Actually, yeah, Daniel's yeah. roommate. All right. I'm actually going to go with uh, Zane Reeves. Um, he had Hanson and Brody, um, Bruiser Brody, which is actually a really good uh, Bruiser Brody. Look up Bruiser Brody versus Lex Luger. And Lex Luger was supposed to go over as the new face in Tampa. And Bruiser Brody beats the ever living shit out of him and no sells every every time Luger goes to hit him. He just <laughs> do, he just stands there. Like he doesn't make anything happen and just kind of lacks a daisical runs around and then just starts hitting him. <laughs> and to the point that Luger looks at the guy, like the ref and everyone else and just has this like he looks at him in this like what the fuck? Uh, what the fuck is happening? Because Bruiser Brody didn't like him. Also tragically died in Puerto Rico, I believe, from a knife stabbing. He got in, like, a bar fight. Um, he had Bruiser Brody, Harley Race, who we haven't touched on. Great heel. Almost his entire career. I want to say in St. Louis, when he was holding the NWA title for a while, he ended up becoming a good guy because he lost it to Flair. Yeah. Um, Roddy Piper, who oh is possibly... God. And uh, he hasn't been mentioned yet. Uh, he's coming. Um, oh, yeah. And okay. Ernie Ladd. Ernie Ladd was a great old one. Uh, Clint Fowler, another um, good guy out there. Harley Race, Bobby Heenan, which we've kind of excluded managers yeah. for it. Yeah. Ted DiBiase and Paul Heyman, who is an Paul amazing heel manager oh, his God, entire yeah. career. All right, go ahead with the troll. All right, yeah, here's uh, Daniel, uh, roommate, says troll list. Uh, Savio Vega. 
He was a good guy for a while, though. He, um, was, he was fucking awful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it gets better. Um, headbanger Thrash. <gasps> wow. <laughs> That's one of the headbangers. Yeah, not uh, outside of Mosh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Earl Hebner. I don't even know that one. <laughs> he was, he's a ref. I don't know any of these names. Oh, dude, ch- go look up um, uh, the Headbangers, Mosh and Thrasher versus Rock and Roll Express on Monday Night Raw. Wasn't one of those guys Duke okay. the Dumpster Grossy? And um, yeah, his he number also one became a headbanger before he uh, got paralyzed. <laughs> the Spanish announce table. I think that's a great oh, choice. Oh, shit. The Spanish is announced table. You know what? fucking amazing choice. I, I'm down with the Spanish <laughs> announced table. <laughs> so mean, many careers have been ended on the Spanish <laughs> announced table. And, uh, <laughs> fucking y- poor Tito. Is it Tito Santana? What's that fucking red? Tito uh, Santana. Tito Santana. Wasn't he one of the announcers on the Spanish announced table? He was like the color commentary guy for the Spanish announced table. Look, at the Spanish announced table, <laughs> I will give him credit. That's a great <laughs> choice. <laughs> No one gets a bigger pop when they have been destroyed <laughs> than the Spanish announce table. The crowd erupts. I've heard on old Attitude Era, they would start like a Spanish announce table. Oh, my God. And they would troll the audience because you would see like one of the earlier matches would go in there, pull the cover off, take out the monitors, and you're like, oh, here it comes. <laughs> and then someone would hit them to go back in the ring, and it'd be like, oh. Saving it for later, boys. We're yeah. getting to the, in the main event. Within three minutes, that table is done. And those, it's just those poor Mexican <laughs> announcers <laughs> <laughs> sitting there having to hold their mics like TJ. And sh- like it is like they're doing a low rent, no one's listening to podcasts. Yeah. Like they're just sitting there in their like their damn computer chairs, holding microphones. No monitors, nothing to go off of. Those guys are true heroes. Now, here's here's their the ability question. to keep it going. Because after <laughs> the table got busted, I don't know if after probably the thirty fifth time my yeah. table was busted, <laughs> I'd probably start being like, "Listen, the last time you busted that, my legs are still under it. You <laughs> son of a bitch! Like I'm hurt." Um, so I don't know if you guys have ever had a table fall on like your shin. You get that deep bruise. It'll piss you off. It will piss <laughs> you off wall for days. Um, so here's the conspiracy question though. <laughs> Were they actually recording anything at the Spanish announce table? Because part of me <laughs> thinks it's just like what had American Summer, like Mike Cord dangling at the fucking end, you know? Just like, it's just a fucking prop at this point. It's just and the they do, and they refuse to shower all summer. <laughs> Take a shower. Yeah. The seriously, Tito Santana. Seriously, you used to think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> seriously, <laughs> take a shower. Um, let's see. Let's go to you the got number. Any other ones? The number two for David is um, Ric Flair. Said his face run Woo! diminishes things, but classic flair in the 80s was everything the blue-collar Carolina <laughs> fan hated. Rich, arrogant, and immoral. A sign of a great heel was putting heat on the face, and flair was the perfect in doing that for Dusty Rhodes. His later career tainted things, but he has to be on the list. Which he uh, will he's be. Uh, he's going to make our list. Yeah, so he's going to be up there. All right, you guys ready to go into the number ones? Yeah, number ones. Okay, uh, my number one... Uh, I. I struggled to decide between going with the, the whole clan or just the leader of it. I'm going to go both, I think, and that mm. is Vince McMahon and the just the McMahons. Um, a solid, a solid yeah. choice. Yeah. Vince McMahon. He was a late cut for me. And, and, his, and his evil boss character, Mr. McMahon. Um, like, who else? Who else is the ultimate heel? Besides your boss. But your fucking... Boss and of wrestlers, we always like to see get his comeuppance. Yeah, when Stone Cold would 
finally get him. That's oh, another yeah. Yeah. great fucking building. When that company was booking so well that, and a lot of it being with Crockett working in there, and that they would they would just let it sit. So you would have months of waiting on the moment that Stone Cold's gonna get him. And they would sit there and do like gimmicky things, or Stone Cold said he could beat him with one hand tied behind his back, and then go in. Well, to me, in the Attitude Era, the best way to to do a heel turn is just align with McMahon. That's I mean, it happened it's with The Rock. It, yeah. it happened with Stone Cold. They can Shamrock. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of that them is that the the yeah. ultimate way in the Attitude Era of of turning heel is and you just you just shake hands with Mr. McMahon. Yeah. And, and that's that's the heel turn. And the everyone cool thing about fucking it hates is, you. Is that was um that was started with you know beyond the mat with with Bret Hart and like the whole the, the Montreal screw job. Well, hold up, hold up. It's not beyond the mat. It's wrestling with shadows. Wrestling with shadows, yeah. That's but a the, fucking good yeah. movie. But it's it's the idea that was when it w- they pulled back the curtain. And then that was like when wrestling fan we, we always knew McMahon like you know ran shit and stuff, but to see a wrestler, fuck, sp- he spit on McMahon in the fucking ring, and then like went back and slapped him and shit. But all this came out, and then it was like, and then you realize, like, yeah, McMahon's kind of a fucking cocksucker. Yeah. And, and then, and then that just th- to take that's a brilliant fucking move to take but that you, and turn oh, it into a storyline. The whole idea of in one, he had one line, one line turned him, and when Jim Ross after it, while he's got a shiner because Bret Hart decked his ass. Hard like when he went back there to try to calm Brett down, Brett punched him. Yeah, when he he has one line where Jim Ross the next night on Raw is interviewing him. He said, "Did you screw Brett?" And he says, "I didn't screw Brett. Brett Brett screwed Brett." It everything went into motion. (laughs) Everyone's like, "Holy shit, what a dick!" Because Brett Hart, though he was a major heel at that time, company man all his life. Oh yeah. yeah, and people still they did the fact they did it in Canada where he was always a face. It yeah. always worked out in Canada. Fucking brilliant. Like that is yeah. brilliant and you built a character that has gone on well, and that's today. They've been doing that character for nearly 20 fucking years. <laughs> well, that's the thing is he was perfect to play against the faces and the heels. Like everyone was against him. And uh you know, he wasn't a wrestler. He was the r- he was uh, and so that um, maybe I hesitate to include him pr- on the list. He probably put a couple of steroid shots up his ass. Yeah, I mean he point. actually but wrestled but a lot of matches. <laughs> yeah. Okay, like late. The um, greatest moment is at WrestleMania 17, I believe, in uh, Houston at the Astrodome. There was a match of uh, Vince McMahon versus his son Shane. <laughs> Vince at that time was having an affair with Trish Stratus, which was very like weren't there. His the affair turned his wife Linda, and they're going to wonder why she didn't win any of her Senate bids, <laughs> made her comatose, and they would wheel her out in a wheelchair every night where she sat staring, sitting on there. Oh, so you so have yeah. Vince and Trish, and then on the other side, it's Shane, uh, Stephanie, and Linda. They're having this match, and it is, it's a street fight, like hardcore match. Like Those two are just beating the shit out of each other. And I could talk for days about how Shane McMahon is the greatest like fall guy. That motherfucker would fall off anything and take any shot you wanted to to sell it. Vince is kind of the same way. Vince would lay down if it was good for the company. Vince would take an ass beating if it was good for the company. It was just seen through Stone Cold's run. They 
they're sitting there and they're going, and eventually Linda sits up from the chair <laughs> and very robotically looks at Trish and just slaps her like right across the face. And it is so fucking hilarious. And then she ran for fucking Senate twice and wondered why the guy like there was so much material to do a, a add on and be like Really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is what yeah. you want to represent you, and she was running as a Republican. Yeah, like, it <laughs> was very tough easy. sell. Tough well, sell. Just to add one more point, and it's what uh, David brought up with Ric Flair is you know all heels exist to make the faces look good, and every face he went up against, he he looked per uh, he yeah. made the faces look perfect because who else? Like he's just the evil boss. It just, yeah, to I me, mean, that's the ultimate heel. I mean, uh, uh, Austin had a, a lot of good matches and stuff, but I think that was the real. I mean, you're wrestling fans, you know, blue collar guys. That was the. That's what got fucking Stone Cold over. Yeah. But, you know, I was already on board with Austin at that point, but like that was really what what did it for him. But I mean, I felt like it kind of got into cliche, where it's like every Monday night, here's Austin. He's going to come out flip off McMahon and kick him in the nuts and, like, down a beer. And it just became like, all right, we've seen this before. And, and yeah, but that moment when he actually aligns with him. Yeah, yeah. That's such a good heel turn for uh, uh, Stone Cold. I um, recently had a lot of – all right, so my roommate Seth has, like, I guess, like, seven years of Raw downloaded. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> It's a ridiculous amount of things that no man should own. And lots of, lots of WCW Nitro, I believe. Yeah, he has a lot of Nitro, too. Single! <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Something in my throat right there. Inside. Yeah. Um, but I was watching it with him the other night, and it was the night of uh, McMahon buying WCW. And so at the end, it's um, Rock and Austin are building up. The next night or the next week is WrestleMania, and they're building up for their match. So they have to do a tag team match together against Undertaker and Kane. They win. They're sitting there building. Austin goes to get his beers thrown to him. I realize they're Bush non-alcoholics. I saw that red oh, band that's on. Wow. <laughs> Destroyed me. So then we watched one from 05, and he comes up there for his beer showers and ended up uh, stunning the entire McMahon family, <laughs> every <laughs> member. Ben, Shane, Linda, and Stephanie. <laughs> he stunned all of them, and every time he would stun one, he'd call for some beers, hit them, chug it down. The music would hit again. Another member would come out. He'd talk to him for a minute, stun them, call for more beers. He was back to drinking Miller Lite. It was awesome. At one point in that, that, that last one, he had four fucking beers <laughs> and is hitting them and drinking all four at the same fucking time. <laughs> fucking amazing. I want to get back to any time. I may do it at fucking Egan's tomorrow at the dance party. I may just order two Bush Light or Bush <laughs> Tall Boys, double slam them, and then chug them right there. Now, half of those beers just end up. All over you. No, they foam, but like the the spectacle. The oh yeah. And when he would hit him and then like sort of talk shit with it for a second. Yeah. Like the frontal bird that man gave us the ability. <laughs> if you shoot a bird with the front of your hands, you mean so much more business than if you do it with the back of the hands. You throw a frontal bird at somebody, that is fuck you. My band played a show at Egan's a couple summers ago, where um, it was on a Wednesday night. And some friends of mine from Memphis came down to play, and they played at trivia, and they lost. And uh, I don't remember who, I don't remember who I was on the trivia team with, but we fucking won. Horseman days. No, it was pre-horseman. Oh, okay. Jesus but Christ. But we won, 
Dude, it was a dynasty. This is some inside football here. We won, and we we got set up. We started playing, and we were about halfway through our set, and I told Sides, it was like halfway through this fucking set, I want two Bush Cowboys. <laughs> and he's like, what for? I was like, two Bush Cowboys. He's like, okay. So I, I look at him about halfway through, and I nod. I was like, you're having a good time tonight? Give me a hell yeah. Nah, the and whole all seven people that were there gave Hell a Dude, there's yeah. actually a lot of people there that night. There's probably about 40 people there. All right, we're we're getting a little off topic. Uh, so mine's Drew's in the Vince middle of McMahon. a story, God damn it. We're at two hours now. If, if you're fuck still it, around, at this point, like if they're still listening, cheers to you. You can deal Dan- with two more minutes. Daniel, what's your number one? Go ahead. Fuck you, Josh. <laughs> I'm uh, on my your number side, one Josh. is, Drew, finish your story. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Suck it. Frontal birds, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm an anarchist. <laughs> Anarchy. All right, finish but the I story. Do all the, I do all that. You know, the, if you had a good time tonight, give me a hell yeah. And uh, a smattering of seven people go, hell yeah. All right, good enough. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the, I reached our greatest two bush tall boys like, if you don't think we're the baddest motherfuckers in this bar, give me a hell yeah. And nobody said hell yeah. I was like, all right, that's the bottom line. Drew Brooks said so. <laughs> I was also shit faced at this point. I was going, ah, you didn't do it right. You can't do it once. You've got to double tap them. The double tap is where you like pop, pop, and then you chug. Well, pop, I poured pop. it. I poured it back, and it's beer. Like some of it lands in my mouth. Most of it's on the floor and on my guitar, and I'm like soaked in my shirt. And I look at Tommy afterwards, and he just goes, "God damn it." <laughs> we used to have a fish fry down here in Tuscaloosa. I'll do this really quick. But one of the fish fries, me and like three other guys, did that so much. Like every beers we would get, we would call our shot, have someone throw them to us, and then we would do the Stone Cold and then Frontal Bird everybody. It was like the first date I had had with this girl, and I've never seen more disgust in her eyes of like, what in the hell did I sleep with last <laughs> night? Like, what? <laughs> he's 29 years old. <laughs> like, this is what he's doing. This is recent. Yeah, nice. <laughs> All right. All right um, Daniel, what's your number one? My number one is Sheiky Baby, the Iron Sheik. <clears throat> um, wow. Iron Sheik never, ever played a face. Always. And he's versatile. Anytime we get into a conflict with Middle Eastern countries, Sheik will show back up. Yeah. And he'll mold. When we went into Desert Storm, Sheik showed up as a, as a uh, general for the uh, Saudi Arabian, or not Saudi Arabian, the Iraqi uh, army. Yeah. He works in the idea that we will always hate the weird foreigner. Yeah. Uh, that foreign presence, whatnot. And he was a believable tough guy. Yeah, like, he doesn't look in his arms, but that motherfucker's core is ridiculous. He's got a barrel for his yeah. yeah you for know, a body. you know that you were you were a good heel because Bob Backlund had had like a five or like six or seven year run as champion. The one they let beat him was Iron Sheik. Yeah, no one beat Backlund. Who prior to that though, like Sheiky Baby was mostly like a mid card or another promotion. And that's saying something too. When you let a guy who's like mid card on the promotions, like WWF believed in him enough, where they're like, "Oh yeah, he'll." Beat well, you got to figure this is early '80s, post yeah. post Iranian hostage situation. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's prime. You just yeah, can't people hate ultra him. heat. He yeah. also has a great distinction in the business. He's the one who started Hulkamania. He was the yeah. first guy to lose the belt to Hogan yeah. thirty years ago last month. Wow. Yeah. He he's the one who they let uh, drop the belt to Hogan. Um, Hogan's run. Begins with beating the Sheik. 
Yeah. The Sheik was fucking amazing. He never let up. Like, I, I'm sure, like, his character is him. He's a fucking crazy person. Yeah. And to this day, like, he's got notoriety because he's crazy on Twitter. But if you listen to what he's doing on Twitter, it's him doing the Sheik. Like, he's doing the same thing. Like, he's antagonizing yeah. other people. Calling them pieces of dog shit. Talking calling about them jabronis. Calling yeah. them. He's, he's, a gr- he's a great tweeter. Fuck Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Um, fuck you, old old, old country, country way. way. Yeah, <laughs> I break you and I humble you. Oh, I love the humble and the yeah. uh, the camel clutch threats. Um, yeah, the sheik is is. Uh, I wonder how much of uh, you know, going back to like the Iranian hostage situation and like Hulk being the first guy to take him down. I wonder how much of like Hulk's song, like I'm a real American, like you know all the jingoistic shit in his song, like how much of that is based on like yeah Just him fighting the Sheik yeah. and stuff like that, and yeah. Nikolai Volk. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess we need those villains. It's you know every time. Uh, did, have they made like a terrorist villain at all yet? I, I haven't. Uh, no, they actually did. Um, it was one of the worst gimmicks. It was right after 9/11. They took a guy who came out and his I can't remember his name now it was like Muhammad Masan or something right along those lines and they brought him out and it didn't really work and he was always fighting like pro-American you know, wrestlers his big thing was that he got no respect like and he would he filed a one of his big storylines was that he filed a grievance against the WWE He's like, because of who I am, you will not give me, you know, because of these events, you guys won't give me the title shot. You know I'm the best and whatnot. Led to a great segment where they brought Stone Cold back for one of his, like, things, and he was the independent arbiter for it. And he basically just dresses the guy down and stuns him and gets some beers. <laughs> like, it was like every other Stone Cold thing. Yeah. He dresses him down, calls him a bitch a couple times. Did his little move. is during the what era. Every time he'd say something, like, I'll tell you what, you're a piece of trash. What? And I don't think you're worth nothing. What? what? And I guess how they would sit there and work it. And uh, he did this other thing where he, they would be like, you can go on, you can go ahead and leave. And he'd grab him by the arm for a second. He'd be like, no, nah, no, nah, come back over here. Come over here. I just don't like you. Stunner. Beer. Two beers. And then, I mean, um, honestly, is it too much to ask to have someone throw you a beer every time you want a beer? And he was fucking good at it. We were watching it. The one we were watching, oh Stone God. Cold was catching them over the ring. Like they were launching them over the ring, <laughs> and Stone Cold's palming them directly. Two of them at the same time, double crash. I'm getting shit faced. Mm. Well, I, I, I as much as I love, I thought about Sheik, um, but I, I just I don't know if he's strong enough to be a number one um, or. He's gonna make the list, but I, I do love that like that was where we were at at that point, like where we needed just a clear face of the. Vi- I always thought like um, uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan was always a great uh, face to go against those guys too, because it was always the American flag and the two by four. Oh! Oh! Yeah, just don't get me started on Hacksaw. That was like <laughs> during <laughs> during the during not want to get in during the uh, the uh, first uh, Gulf War. It was just basically. Every week on fucking main event or whatever, you know, or on whatever before Raw at this time, they would just have Hacksaw Jim Duggan come out. Like, yeah, the Sheik come out, talk his bullshit. Hacksaw comes out, fucking hits him over the head with a fucking two by four. We don't even go into (laughs) when the Sheik turned Sergeant Slaughter against America. Yeah, now that was the big, that was the big rub. How big of a deal it was at that WrestleMania where it's. That man's uh, a living G.I. Joe character. You do not fucking turn him. Slaughter versus Hogan during the Gulf War 
was massive. Yeah, I'm that not was gonna, a, the biggest main event at that time. I'm not gonna go into when Seth and I drove up to fucking Jasper to meet Hacksaw, goddamn Jim Duggan at the Jasper Mall signing autographs at the fucking Kmart. Sorry, and they yeah. didn't get the autographs. Anyway, he uh, that's, a, that's a whole story. Yeah. All right, you uh, can hear more at uh, <laughs> after the show, Mount Rushmore, <laughs> our five-hour retrospective <laughs> while we just talked about. Or we all just go. TJ, what's your number one? Play light jazz in the background the entire time. This this was a my number one is a guy who um I didn't see mentioned on anybody's list. I don't think he's gonna come up again with anybody. Um and it's a guy uh I'll, I'll say who it is. Sid. Sid vicious Boo. psycho psycho Sid. Let me let me let me finish my point here. Psycho Sid, Sid Justice, however you want to go with it. Here's why it was one of the first guys I thought of when this topic came up, and and here's why, the man is looks acts wrestles like a psychopath. <laughs> I mean, just the the it looks like something is fucking wrong with the guy. He's massive. He's absolutely huge. He can go up against any of your superstars. The guy is a six time champion, two times in the WWE, two times in the WCW, two times in the UGWA. Um, like back in the NWA days, the guy is uh, just a, a freak of nature who you're legitimately scared of. To when like when he never played a face, as far as I know, the guy has always been just a just a, a well, weird. If I'm not mistaken, it was Sid Vicious when he was bad, and Sid Justice when he was good. Okay, okay. There's a great picture of him. Uh, I think it's as Sid Vicious in WCW, where he had won a championship and he's holding the big gold belt and he's. Just look on his face. He's just flexing super hard. Just, just like necks out and everything. Yeah. In a non-visual like a medium, he yeah. just did this horrible, like teeth clenching, eyes teeth squinted. clench, eyes squint, just everything um, out. Um, he looked like a fucking lummox from uh, Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, well, he, he just <laughs> it just it, it looked like he had raped and murdered people in his past, and it just I bought it like. <laughs> Like fucking like it was legit like not a wrestling gimmick like he this guy is like he had done this in the past at some point before, um and, and here I kind of like um do you remember when earthquake uh like took Hulk out like when he 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 sat on him a couple times on the what what show was did you guys watch wrestling back then when the earthquake? Uh, yeah I was watching I know exactly what you're talking you about know, I think it was main event or yeah, was no it was like a, it was a it was superstars Hulk, it, it, the whole reason he did this like Hogan wanted some time off and so like. He, uh, and he was in the hospital after Earthquake fucking uh, gave him the seismograph or whatever the fuck it's called, the finished move was. But it was this real, after that happened, I had like a real legit fear that like, oh my God, like these guys can hurt the guys that I like. And I, I think Sid Vicious was one of the guys that I was definitely afraid of every time he stepped in the ring. Like he was one of the first guys I ever saw do the powerbomb and he did it fucking, he did a release powerbomb where he just like throw a guy to the ring fucking hard. And he's like this seven foot tall, you know, massive dude who I was legitimately afraid of. And I, I think that he was, yeah, constantly a villain and, and multiple and, and more successful than a lot of the guys that were on the uh, we mentioned earlier. But also, like I mentioned earlier, his uh, botch power bomb, uh, WCW War Games, you know, they lower the fucking cages over yeah. two rings. Him and uh, Brian Pillman, where he just power bombs him, on, where he power bombs him on top of his fucking head and nearly oh, look, fucking kills him. Uh, yeah, Sid what are your Vicious, problems with Sid? Uh, he's a boring fucking wrestler. He couldn't talk worth a shit. Um, they constantly were having to tweak his character because not many people gave a shit about Sid Vicious. Like, it wasn't like, oh, Sid Vicious is coming out. 
he always had to work with superior talent. You always had to have somebody that could out-wrestle him to make him look like anything. Is why he had lengthy runs with Sting because Sting was really good. Yeah, it's the same as if we were doing faces. If you just threw Ultimate Warrior on there, okay. we all know Ultimate Warrior. He did psychotic uh, promos. He couldn't wrestle worth a shit. He hurt a lot of people. That's what Sid Vicious was. Sid Vicious is an awful wrestler, and it's his gimmick is so fucking stereotypical. I'm the big <laughs> bruiser. I can't say shit. I can't do anything. I always have to have a manager with me to do my talking. Yeah. All he could really do was grimace in the background and wring his hands. And yeah. Like, oh, what's Sid going to do? We know what the <laughs> fuck Sid's going to do. He's going to rough the guy up. And he'll rough him up for two weeks. Then he's going to get his ass kicked. It happened every single time. Sid is a boring, shitty character. He's the reason why when we pull through like characters you remember, Sid Vicious is consistently a person. If you're talking wrestling fans, they'll be like, oh, yeah, Sid Vicious. Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of forgot I, I, about I guess Sid he made more of an impact on me just because of the, the dude. I mean, you, you can't deny that the guy was uh, just com- fucking scary looking. I mean, like, everything about him was um, – and he could go toe-to-toe. Like, a lot of times when Hogan wrestles somebody, it's like, ah, you know, I, I don't buy that this guy could take Hogan. I don't think that – but w- Sid Vicious, there wasn't a, a face I wasn't like, you know – you you weren't certain like yeah Sid Sid could handle this guy he's such a physical presence that you just thought that yeah he he was gonna that's a he was gonna he was gonna hurt your he was gonna hurt the guy you like I think he's an honorable mention at best or a low one as a number one that I mean that's that's it was the worst pick I've literally ever heard that's a, it was a, literally that's the first guy that I thought of that's a typical TJ pick yeah I think. that's a <laughs> TJ botch I'm surprised you didn't open it with for historical context or some shit like no that's an Horrible, horrible <laughs> fucking pick. The you first guy that I thought of. You completely destroyed everything we've done over the span of <laughs> seven and a half hours of talking. You have destroyed it with one really shitty pick. I don't even... You know, I'm over here while you're talking and zoning out because you're talking about bullshit. Like, you're obviously talking shit out of your ass that you wipe back to front on and then do your claw grab to pull the shit out of your ass. Yeah, I went back to something that happened six hours Good ago. Call back, Daniel. I'm doing a callback because I'm a proper heel. I remember what you did. I'm over here the entire time thinking about how Iron Sheik shouldn't have been my number one. Roddy Piper should have been my number one because he was not afraid to go racist at any time. Like he smashing w- a coconut. A, he wore a blackface. <laughs> yeah, he wore blackface. He called uh, Mr. T, I believe, a jugaboo. Like, <laughs> that motherfucker was <laughs> evil. And he loved being evil. Smashed coconut on fucking Superfly Snookers. I mean, yeah. He that went w- to shake his hand and then just hit him with a <laughs> coconut in the head. If we do have honorable mentions, that would be my, one of mine. Uh, it actually, I changed it there. Iron Sheik's great. I wanted to mention him, but Change Roddy it. Piper is the number one. I think he is legitimately, no one got more heat. He's also benefited from the flair thing where he's been around a lot. So if he comes out now, he's always going to be applauded. The same thing with Hogan. Same thing with anyone who's been in the business for a fucking million years. And Piper was on an episode of uh, Always Sunny. He was. He was in, um, was it Frogman? Or something there, that movie. He does this awesome like 80 movie. Uh, they Live. Yeah. The John Carpenter. Yeah, yeah. It's a great yeah. movie. He's in a lot of like random. He's in this one B movie about frog, like killer frogs. That's fucking awesome. It's like a futuristic <laughs> oh. apocalyptic world. I think it should be called Frogs. Anyway, <laughs> uh, change mine. Roddy Piper's my number one. 
because that's all I thought about what TJ was talking shit. I don't know. I, I, I still, I still <laughs> you think can't. You can't defend this. It's a shitty fucking pick. You wasted your number one on Sid fucking Vicious. <laughs> Sid Vicious that no one even invites back for shit. No one gives a fuck about Sid Vicious. His runs with companies would last about three months until they were tired of his bullshit and they left him. He was always good. He'll come back for three weeks, do a match, win the belt, drop the belt, and disappear because everyone fucking hated Sid. Like isn't, that the isn't that the job of a heel to everybody hate you? No, it's not a matter. It's a different kind of thing. He wasn't getting heat because like he was really good at his craft. He was getting heat because they legitimately knew he was shitty at his job. And he wasn't even getting the good heat, where you're getting heat, but everyone in the back are like, yeah, like you're doing a good job. The wrestlers fucking hated his ass. Mm. The promoters hated his ass. They knew he was a sideshow attraction that you could bring in for a period because he's that big, weirdly muscular, couldn't pass a fucking wellness test to save his life because of the amount of roids that went through his ass. You would do a couple of vignettes of him doing some curls, and you're supposed to believe he's great. That is the worst fucking number one you Daniel, have ever done. Daniel, and there is a Daniel, list. Daniel, uh, let me finish. Calm down. There is a list of number ones that you've done. Calm down, Daniel. It's 1.07 a.m., and I want to go to Egan's for fucking last call. It calm is fucking down, awful. I okay. can't believe you fucking wasted that. Calm it's down. such a TJ move. We have to get to Drew's number one. Come on. Calm down. Come on, Drew. Drew, what's your number one? Nate. All Nature right, boy. that's all really needs to be said. <laughs> Nature boy, Nature uh, Rick Flair's my favorite wrestler ever, and I mean, just oop, uh, did I fuck something up? You're fine. Uh, just keep going. You're okay. fine. Just I don't know. I you know, he took he he took his gimmick from Buddy Rogers. The whole you know he even Nature boy he took that from Buddy Rogers and the figure four, and you know the whole you know, living just super bougie. But I mean just. Rick Flair took it to a whole nother level. His fucking promos in the eighties where he's out there like in Atlanta in that studio and he's like, I got a limousine a mile long. It's gonna take me to the airport and I'm gonna fly to New Orleans and after I beat Dustin Rhodes, and we're gonna go to the Hyatt Regency. I'll beat y'all at the bar and all the drinks around the nature boy. And shit like that. It's like I fucking love Ric Flair. There you will never sway me. On Ric Flair being my number one heel. Cool. Cool. Let's go in there. I mean, yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, I, I think, think we all agree. Yeah, <laughs> we, I mean, he's kind of badass. And, and do we have anything else? To um, add I think Ric we've Flair? run. I think we've run through the other ones. I got David's number one is Mr. McMahon, um, the ultimate heel of That's the attitude. Right. Thank you, Monday Jesus. Night Wars. <coughs> yeah, I can't really disagree with no. it either. Uh, it's way better than fucking Psycho Sid. He took the <laughs> real-life <laughs> hatred from the Montreal Screwjob and applied it in the perfect foil for the anti-authority hero of in Steve Austin. Stone Cold would have been a lesser character without the heel antics of Mr. McMahon. One can speak for hours about how Vince basically has to play a heel in real life based on the job he has. Also, No Chance in Hell is the, such a great entrance music for him. And that is right. Yes. No Chance in Hell is one of the best we've fucking... We've already played it, by yeah, the way. Yeah, as you've already heard. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> I can't fucking believe you wasted that TV. No, no, move on. Move on. I'm never going to be moving on. That was the worst <laughs> fucking thing I've ever heard. Move on. It's a personal choice. Yeah, yeah I like Sid. Yeah. Or whatever. Okay. Do you have any more internet ones? Um, I from the group. Think that ran out our um our group there. Let me 
really quickly, I believe. Oh, Trey Irby had Piper Flair, Mr. Perfect, and Jericho circa 08. Yeah. Very fucking specific to get one there. I like Jericho. And let's see. As um, a heel. My roommate says his original list was Hardcore Holly, David Otunga, David Flair, and Mantar. Troll, 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 troll. It's just <laughs> really, motherfucker, really. Anyway. Um, yeah, I think that kind of clears us out of all of our internet ones. And right. also, for y- you of the group that I hope listen to this, thank you so much for a lot of good suggestions. You helped sway a lot of mine and wish that TJ would have seen it and he could have been swayed away from fucking said Vicious. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do honorable mentions Mo- just real quick, one shots? Yeah, yeah uh, well, let's recap real quick. Uh, the one spot, I had Vince McMahon, Mr. McMahon. Daniel had Rowdy Roddy Piper, previously Iron Sheik. I think that's a good that's a good choice to switch. Yeah, it was a good trade. TJ had Sid Vicious. Don't you do anything, Daniel? And uh, Drew brought it up with Ric Flair. Um, quick honorable mentions. I really don't have any. Uh, I'm gonna cede it to you, Daniel. Um, real quick. Two that I have um, is the Honky Tonk Man, Ooh. which is <coughs> his entire career. Talking about somebody yeah. that always played the heel. Everyone wanted to beat the shit out of the Elvis impersonator, and him <laughs> hitting people with the guitar was something Jeff Jarrett stole blatantly. His whole thing of the Memphis rockabilly, he could cut a promo like anybody. The number two, Ravishing Rick Rude. Ooh, hell yeah. Who, look at that he body, He came McMahon. within literally <laughs> a... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is a great Jesse the Body Man. <laughs> he came within a literal cunt hair of making my list. Like, it was... Oh, when I was talking about the, the number twos that were circulating. He was in there. One, the fact that he would put... The face of the wife of the wrestler he was about to on wrestle his, on, his, on his crotch, <laughs> the body, the mustache, the permed hair, the moment where he like do his like he would run up his chest and then like flick it really quick. Um, just you love to fucking hate that guy. <laughs> he also unless you were me in, in childhood, where apparently all I really liked were um, villains or heels, except for um, uh, Bret Hart. And a lot of that's because my mom thinks Bret Hart is extremely sexy. She Weird. also thought that uh, John Smoltz was the hottest baseball player ever in his early days. If that kind of tells you what my mama likes. <laughs> the body also has the best lines in presence. Yeah, he does. The absolute Man, best Man, you want to talk about some fucking steroid use. Everybody I had a buddy back in Nashville that used to work out, and when he worked out, he would only watch Predator. And I was like, "Why do you watch Predator?" And he's like, "It makes you goddamn, goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus, dude." He was like, "It literally is the only movie to make you want to get swole. <laughs> You're looking at the most built guys ever. All you want to do is get to their level of built." Um, but yeah, that's just two quick ones. Um, TJ, do you have anything since your number one should have been an honorable mention? I, I almost want to switch my number one with my honorable mention here. No, 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 no. no, no. no. You're late. locked in with too your late. bullshit. You All have right. to wear that crown of thorn. <laughs> my, my honorable mention would be the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that's oh, that's, that's a good one. one. It, that, was, that was another dude. Like, you talk about liking heels. Like, that the first promo, first time, I was like, that dude's awesome. One, Scott Hall is a fucking really good wrestler. I, I think some of his matches with Shawn Michaels, uh, you know, the ladder match, like the first ever ladder match, I think, it will go down as like one of the best <laughs> top ten matches of all time. And his work with Mr. Perfect. Yeah. Fucking uh, again, amazing. Intercontinental, like running the – using the Intercontinental, like your mid-card stuff as your – that's your, your wheelhouse. And, like, th- there are a lot of guys who made their fucking careers that sort of area. And, and Scott Hall was one of them. 
Um, I don't think he ever got a WWE championship. No, uh, he never. He never won the big belt. I think he fought for it maybe once. Yeah. He also cut my favorite promo ever when he's like, "Mr. Perfect, you're just like that Americano man." Arnold Benedict. (laughs) 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 But the the bad guy, he got machismo, baby. Yeah, (laughs) I I love, I've always loved Scott Hall. Like, he was one of the, yeah, the toothpick, just the fucking charisma. Just the sweaty little fucking curly cue going down the top of his head. The chains. The chains, the hairy chest, like a real goddamn man. (laughs) Um, And then, um,. And then also, like, uh, his finisher, the fucking Razor's Edge, was oh one of the most My badass fucking finishing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just amazing, uh, amazing finisher. And just a, a huge dude. I, I feel bad. Like, you know, I guess he's getting his shit you back feel, together. You feel bad about wasting on uh, on Sid Vicious what could have been I ca- Razor? I really should switch him. No, um, you're not allowed to. Like, yeah, but, but that, that's one of the bad guys who, like like I said, I liked Rock when he went heel. I liked uh, Austin when he went heel. Immediately. Like, those guys, when they went heel, I was automatically a fan. But the first promo fucking razor cut, I was like, "That's my dude." Now, he was that was the guy I always played on the wrestling games. He was always my favorite, and I've, I've totally dropped the ball on not picking him for the list. Drew, you got any any honorable mentions? Um, Roddy Piper, uh, the bad guy, Razor Ramon. Actually, before TJ said, I was gonna say, if we're talking about bad guys, I gotta have the bad guy. Um, fucking uh, Shiki Baby, and that's pretty much it. That's uh, it. The, uh, David, real quick, had Mr. Perfect. Oh, yeah, and Mr. Perfect. Uh, um, Mr. For Perfect. playing the asshole who knew he was better than everyone and the honky-tonk man because he relished being a heel with the heat magnet gimmick. And then Rick Rude is because like he never had a mainstream. Oh, yeah, like, I, also, I, have to, I have to put Rick Rude on mine just yeah. because as a, when I was a small child, my sister's friends like to bring this up when I see him. Um, they would all come over to the house and hang up. My, my sister's like seven years older than me. And I would run in in just like a pair of tidy whities and they'd look at me, Drew, and be like, Drew, what are you doing? And I was like, put my hands behind my head, and like gyrate like Rick Rude. God damn it, that's <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> 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 and just run away really fast. And you're like, oh, God, your brother's like Rick Rude. Real quick, uh, a little <laughs> fun thing, you know, Rick Rude and um, Kurt Henning. They Kurt were Henning, yeah, they were best friends. They came from like the same high school. Yeah, Both uh, of so them uh, Bobby Heenan. did, yeah. And those two are uh, Heenan's still alive. Bless his heart, he's been destroyed because he got bad cancer. But um, yeah, they're and they're tragically both dead. It would be a nice thing almost if we could like recap our list of how many are actually gone. It was just the saddest thing of wrestling that it is a business that breaks you mentally and physically because of the touring schedule. You're doing even now 300 dates a year. You're showing up. And you're putting your body through hell. People want to talk about how wrestling's fucking fake. Yes, the outcomes are fake, but the it's shit staged. they're doing, it is the greatest um, like action drama you will see. Like their ability to fucking fight and make it believable in the spots they do is ridiculously awesome. And unfortunately, it leads because your body hurts so much into drug addictions and alcoholism, and through concussions and other things, you kind of lose yourself with it. Yeah. It's a damn tragic. It's great that now the current breed of wrestlers are a lot more into video games and other things because they've seen what happened in the 90s than getting fucked up. And it's great that it's kind of worked that way. But a lot of the guys we talked about have had ridiculously tragic lives, a lot of it due to wrestling. And I I think it's remiss not to talk that, yes, it is a staged fight. It is sort of preordained. But these guys are legitimately breaking their body and for the entertainment of people that often really don't give a shit. Amen. 
Yep. So what's the uh, what's the list looking like well, so far? All right, obviously, so far. Sid Vicious number one. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, right now we got from the four of us here at the table. Everybody said Ric Flair. Ric Flair is four votes. Woo! Mr. Perfect. That's number one with the per- with the yeah. Mr. Perfect and Buddy Rogers with two, and then we're gonna we're gonna have to argue about that fourth one. I think I can go with. Those three, that's fucking solid. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm good yeah. with that. And like I'm going to say, Rogers you know what's kind of interesting about oh that, yeah. too? Uh, you have uh, Buddy Rogers, protege for Rick Flair, Flair, protege for Perfect. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's all the begotting. Uh, that is a... And I'll s- can, can I just throw in that David and I both had Mr. McMahon as our number one. I yeah, think that's, I, I uh, mean, that's, McMahon, that's up there. I mean, man's solid. I, I will say with I mean Piper came up on a lot of honorable mentions. Piper's great, but Piper in the 1980s, we were talking about guys that were looking to get their ass kicked after shows. People fucking hated him yeah. to the point that when um, they're having the match with Mr. T and Mr. T finally gets his hands on him, WrestleMania erupts. He's a part of the the number one match of the original WrestleMania. He went on to have a lengthy career. He's somebody that anytime he pops back up, as soon as they hit that bagpipe music, which we heard earlier, um, <laughs> the crowd erupts. There are very few wrestlers when we pulled out the legends. You can see it um, now. There's people they'll bring out and they'll get a smattering of claps and like people are like, oh yeah, that's Jimmy Snuka's music. Okay, yeah, Jimmy Snuka's back. Or even when Dusty Rhodes' American Dream hits. You'll hear a couple of people like, oh, shit, Dusty's here. Yeah. When those bagpipes hit, no matter where it's at, it is fucking loud because either people love that guy. And it's a, not a thing of saying, like, okay, he's over as a face. He will always be over a face, the same as Ric Flair yeah. because of his age and his lineage. But that's a testament to how fucking good he was back then oh, at great. getting fucking over. People fucking hated him. I was still right. Mark the fuck. He was the Dusty. first star, <laughs> like the true star before Hulk Hogan of the televised era of when wrestling went to weekly television. He was the first one that everybody gravitated the, towards. The first one who went on to movies too. Yeah, and he he was able to parlay a career. I mean, let's just be honest. If if there was a wrestler to walk in the door right now. Roddy Piper would be the one that I would want to see the most. Roddy Piper would have a bill with you. Roddy Piper would tell you some amazing fucking stories yep. of things. And at the same end, I'm pretty sure because he's a kayfabe guy, he'll still... The motherfucker <laughs> still talks in a Scottish <laughs> accent. He's from fucking Seattle. Like He still has this, like, you know, he tries to play up the Glasgow, mm-hmm. Scotland. It's amazing. Piper Pitt was an amazing fucking thing. Like, it's fucking great. I really do. What's I don't, it doesn't matter what you think. Because what, here's what, what you're trying to do. Here's what you're trying to do. Perfect game. Trying to waylay his way in a late perfect game by adding late a guy who wasn't game. in his I think, fucking I way. think that'd be a perfect game with an asterisk. Yeah. It isn't. A, no, it's not even like all right, perfect <laughs> game or whatnot. It's not. I, I definitely there agree. There wasn't that enough said of Piper's influence. No, no I definitely I agree. Drew will back me up on I agree, Piper's dude, shit. I, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm agree too. I think. I think you you find one on this round table or anyone in that group that would disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. But Piper but actually but is from Canada. Yeah. All right, Canadian, yeah. but he's, he's like uh, Western. From Saskatoon. Um, but yeah, here's, here's I think what I'm going to say. Man. Here's a here's a dude <laughs> I would 
We but both is McMahon a true wrestler? That's true. That's why that's I wouldn't. True. That's why I wouldn't pick McMahon just yeah. because I he, don't he's think he's a true yeah. true wrestler. He wrestled a lot of matches. His place in history is undeniable. It's fucking his amazing. place as a heel though. It as is a, as an ultimate as heel. heel. But when you've only had a smattering of matches, yes, you're the not really a wrestler. And all of his matches were him just getting the shit kicked out of him. Yeah, which is what a true heel does. I will give it. Uh, exactly. But if you've had 20 matches, which that may even be generous for him, I don't think. I think you're in the same thing. He's had as many matches as Bobby Heenan. Yeah. And okay. if we're not gonna, if we're not gonna include Bobby Heenan in this. If you're not would include be managers. Num- yeah. And that's why. And I Bobby agree. Heenan would be number one with the bullet. There would be no way to disagree that Bobby Heenan is the greatest, the greatest heel of all things. I just can't put McMahon or Paul Heyman or yeah or Heyman. And McMahon, we were doing there. It's pretty fucking easy to come up with three great heel managers or auxiliary characters. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I can't yeah. fully commit to them. I, I just can't. Yeah, I, can't. I, I like the idea. I think it's thinking outside the box, like the Kaufman pick. Uh, I just can't. Yeah, what about really Kaufman? Get behind it. Kaufman is number four. Come on. And Come I mean, on. he has like six <laughs> matches. Yeah, great. His heat. Hundreds is of matches mid- against women. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, he was great at what he did. Come on, you know, you guys know you want to pick Kaufman for number four. I can't. Um, <laughs> I can't. I just can't. I, I I'm kind of not. Uh, he would be a my auxiliary, like I auxiliary player. Did you, you did. You didn't pick Adrian Street, right? Do you, who no, was not I on didn't your list? Adrian Street. I, I because Adrian like Street has a very lengthy face run, also. Yeah. And Adrian Street, I mean, that is we're talking about inside football. That's inside wrestling. Like if you go Adrian Street, you're asking for a lot of smart marks to be like, yo, yeah, fucking Adrian Street. He's so out of the mainstream. It's the same thing if we put Bullet Bob Armstrong, Birmingham, Alabama, by the way, in in a category. There's yeah. a very finite group of people that would Drew? sit there yeah. and be about Drew, it. Drew, you got anything to add to this? To 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 uh, narrow it down to the last the last pick. We got Ric Flair, Mr. Perfect. Buddy Rogers, and who's going to be that number four? Go with four? me. How about this, Drew? Go with me on the bad guy, dude. Let's prevent Daniel get a perfect game, and we put Scott Hall on the list. I could go I'm okay Hall. with that. Well, hold up Dude. there. Did you forget that Scott Hall's like bad guy persona lasted for one year before he became a major face? Yeah, but then it, but the then NWA. But NWO, NWO, he also NWO. He, he, was, he was a huge heel. Then he too. became a fucking he, drunk that came out there with a martini glass and could barely wrestle a match. At, at uh, the, towards the end, but at the beginning, it's gonna be hard for me to not le- put on Rowdy Rod Piper. I'll be honest. It's. I, I mean, don't want to. I don't want Daniel to have the perfect game, but. It's the logic Roddy of Piper. the fact that Roddy yeah, Piper I, is... Yeah. He was a good guy for uh, just as long yeah. as... He was a face as it's long no, as... No, 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 he's not. Piper. And his good guy role only starts the same way as Flair Ugh. when he became a legend wrestler that was always going to get a TJ, pop. just don't fight it, because you know it's going to happen. It's going to be Piper. That's just, you're the <laughs> fucking Cartman of this goddamn group. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, did that I That makes you the Kyle, doesn't it? <laughs> well, Maybe. hold up. Did oh, You're the one who ruined your number one. And also, did I not <laughs> give an impassioned... Like, I think that I argued my case for Piper very well. I, I, I love Roddy Piper. He was one of my favorite... Even when he was a heel, he was one of my favorite. He made the All sleeper right, hole number four. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ugh. I'm sorry, TJ. I'm just getting outvoted here, I guess. Because uh, I, 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 how can you vote against Rowdy Roddy Piper? Uh, I, I feel like as a heel, 
I feel like he's been for his year as far as like years go, he's been a face longer than he's been a heel. Hey guys, I got five minutes left. Call. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the <laughs> Mount Rushmore of wrestling heels is as follows: Ric Flair, Mister Perfect, Buddy Rogers, and Rowdy Roddy Piper. What? Fuck off. Look what you guys did. Look that's what you fucking time. guys did. <laughs> two I'm sorry. Time, two time, two time, hey, two time. Thank you guys for gamer. coming. This was a good oh, episode. This is fucking great. This is <laughs> great. This is I'm awful. sorry, like TJ. Like a Sid son of a bitch, dumbass. <laughs> Sid Vicious should have made the list. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, carry that one to your fucking grave, bro. Bye, y'all. You can find us on Twitter, at Mount Rushmore, also on the web, wellthatscool.tv, where you can find what's good and also a new podcast from Bob Baker and Tyler Marshall, what? formerly of Trivial Pursuits. Now they're going to just do another podcast. Uh, we also have February 22nd at Egan's. With the, we have The Asses of Fire presented by us, wellthatscool.tv. And also at uh, February 18th at Oz Music, there's an in-store performance of St. Paul and the Broken Bones, local band out of Birmingham, Alabama, soul band, great. They performed at the Get Up, the second Get Up. Uh, it, they're coming out with their new album, we have information at ozmusiconline.com, or you can just find it on Feb uh, Facebook. Facebook. I almost said February.com. <laughs> Facebook.com. Uh, do you guys any have anything to add? You ready to get can out I of here? Can I start using this podcast plug my band shows? Yeah, <laughs> yeah sure. Hey, go ahead, yeah. Uh, well, Oz, Oz Music is, is a... Is a Sponsor of us, so I had to throw oh, it out there. Oh, we I'm got a sponsor. Show. Yeah, Woo! holy fuck! Look at us. Where's the money? <laughs> <laughs> Working on it. August spies anytime oh, soon. Yeah, February sixteenth at the former Helms Deep in Birmingham, now known as uh, fuck. I don't know what it's called now. February uh, February sixteenth. Just look up Helms Deep Birmingham. August. It's spies. Uh, August spies with seagulls. Who are some a great band from Atlanta, and uh, some other band from Nashville? Anything to add, Daniel? Um, I good got episode coming up. Yeah, um, I got work in five hours. I, b I <laughs> believe oh that um, yeah, there let's is get out a, of here. There's a live um, Tyler Marshall present the or Tyler and Marshall. Bob and Tyler. Bob and Tyler <laughs> present the Bob and Tyler show featuring Bob and Tyler in February. Yeah, coming uh, up soon. Yeah, it should be coming up soon. We'll give you data soon. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, guys. Bye, everybody. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, that's cool.